It is Monday, February 19th, 2024. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, the hero so far of Blitzball Battle 4, is along for the ride as well. I got to tell you, we'll start with that. Uh, First of all, thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat on Sunday night. The numbers were astronomical for first game of the season. More than 5,100 people were in there at one point. And Ploof, we shot that so long ago, you forget what happened in each and every game. It was a blast to watch. It was awesome and a great matchup to start. Uh, Jack Doyle versus Jimmy Norp on the mound. Then you got Zoe and freaking Dan Rourke battling it out for best hitter of the tourney so far. I love it. Um, it's a fun one, so go watch if you have it. And the the the, the ad read by Jake Storiali is price enough yep. to go watch it. Yep. Classic, no question about it. Lot to cover. Uh, there's almost so much happening here at this time of year in spring training, but we want to start with a tip of the cap, which is something we have not done. But we'll do that in the college baseball world for a kid named Parker Bird of East Carolina University. Over the weekend, uh, he played his first game in 19 months since having his right leg amputated in a boating accident, which nearly cost him his life. Standing ovation, tip of the cap. Uh, awesome to see. I mean, I, I didn't really know much about this story. I went back and kind of researched it a little bit. And the fact that this kid had the desire to get back out there, get back on a division one college baseball diamond was nothing short of awe-inspiring and teardropping. It's an, it's an incredible visual to see. I mean, you just don't see that that often in baseball and the, the ovation that he got and the kind of the emotion during the bat. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very special thing. And you're right. Like, to have that drive to get back, that means he's a special kid. First kid to play with a prosthetic limb. Um, you know, he ended up walking, which was amazing. Place went nuts. We wish him the best of luck during the rest of his college baseball season. All right, let's get it going with the big boys. Pete Alonso showed up to Mets camp over the weekend. Uh, free agent to be said he loves New York. He would love to make it his full-time baseball home for the rest of his career. Uh, he was also asked that if things go south, kind of like they did in 2023, and they started shipping out these big names, would he be prepared to be the next one to go? I mean, I that's a that's a lot to think about. I just had my first live BP session, so <laughs> um, I again, I, that, I don't, I don't, I don't know. First of all, that was hilarious. That was so well delivered by the polar bear. So that's a ten out of ten. Nice job, dude. Uh, my question to you is, is this going to be a story throughout the entire season? Or since kind of both sides have said, I'm going to free agency, right? There's not going to be a contract offer that it'll kind of be put to the back burner and we'll deal with it in the off season. I think in a lot of other media markets, it might just get put to the side because, I mean, I know that other cities and other organizations will just say hey guys no more questions about this and then the media will obey that i don't think that's going to happen in new york necessarily i think there are going to be a lot of questions uh, and again we know that the mets this year have really said hey we're like we're we're not not trying to win but this is almost like a bridge year i think was the the word they used to describe it so if you are you know not in the running say you come come to july like you almost are forced to trade pete alonso and get something for him unless you really value a draft pick and you want to give them the qualifying offer and do that whole thing. That's the decision they have to come to. And we've seen organizations do that. So, you know what, the packages aren't right. 
right now. So I'd rather just offer him the qualifying offer. So I think that's going to be part of the story. But in my opinion, I don't think it's going to go away, Chris, because it's huge for them. I think this is a guy that's become the face of the franchise. And when you have a, a decision to make on a guy like that, it's difficult for people to stop talking about it. So, you know, I know Pete doesn't want to hear it. And probably, you know, most of the guys in that clubhouse don't want to hear about Pete leaving, but it is it is one of the biggest storylines of the year. So I think it's going to continue throughout the year until a decision is made. And, you know, I hope this is what I hope, Chris. I'm going a little long here. Sorry. I hope that they've talked about this. And he said, look, if things aren't going the way that we think they're going to go this year, um, trade me and then I'll come back. Mm. That's happened before. It right. Has. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen a ton, but there's no question this is going to continue to be a story because there's several roads that it could take. There's the road that Pete Alonso plays great, and he has had two top eight MVP finishes. So let's say that the Mets maybe surprise a few people and mm-hmm. Alonso plays great. And then what does the story become? That's going to be how tough. We, yeah, how can we let him go? We have to extend him now. And, you know, that sound, whether it comes from the New York media or all of the people on social media, or just the Mets fan base in general, is going to continue to grow and grow and grow and get louder. There's also the area where Alonso doesn't play well, and then people are going to start asking him about that, and, hey, is free agency affecting you this way? We've heard that question answered every year um, by several different outstanding players who are looking ahead to free agency. Um, And then there's the area where the Mets repeat the path from last season, and you just mentioned it. Hey, it's time to trade you know, we're going to be hearing that in late June if things aren't going well for them. That's what it's going to happen. So this story won't go away. I will say this. I think that Alonzo has handled himself exceptionally well in New York. And there is, in my opinion, a New York tax that has to be paid by teams for players when they know they can be successful every up there. Not every player can be successful in New York, whether it's with the Mets or the Yankees. He's proven that that hasn't bothered him up there. This is like Bill James saying that now there is situational hitting. Yes, it is. There is a peop- There are people that can play in New York in these bigger media markets that can handle. It. I mean, I think New York is kind of its own thing, and sometimes I downplay that. And it's like, dude, come on. But it really is. I mean, it can be relentless, and it's 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 a difficult city to play in. It can be a great city to play in too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt about. It. I think it's very polarizing. How about that? Yep. Uh, for the polar bear. Yeah, I would say that. Well played. Well played, Ploof. You're back. You're back after a couple sickness days. That was good. I'm still doing it. I think we can agree that this is a, um, no question, a story to watch. And oh, by the way, Pete Alonso, if he does end up working out that extension, he is just 60 homers shy of tying the Mets franchise home run record. There's something else for you. Uh, Bob Nightingale was the first of USA Today to report that the Yankees are circling back on Blake Snell and Mark Feinsand of (laughs) MLB.com. says an offer is on the table from New York to Snell. Let's remember he reportedly turned down that six-year, $150 million offer earlier in the offseason. And now there are reports that the Yankees could offer as much as $35 million a year on a short-term deal. We don't know what those exact numbers are, but those are the reports out there. In your opinion, do you think Snell ends up taking a shorter deal because he hasn't been signed yet and it's now approaching late February, or he continues to hold out for the length of contract that he's looking for. I think all options are on the table at this point. If you're a player and you're waiting this long in free agency, you have, you know, Boris in your ear saying it's okay. It's going to be okay. But in your mind, you're like, dude, 
I'm supposed to be at spring training now. I'm supposed to be playing. And things have changed for Blake over the last couple of years. Got married. He's had a kid on the way. Like, so you're now your mind starts to think, okay, I have a different future to, to think about. So he's made $51 million in his career already. Uh, and he's what, 30, 31? 31. 31. In my mind, and I'm not in Blake's mind, I'm like, you know what? If I could play for four more years and I get 35 mil a year, then I could be retired at 35 years old and go live my life with my family. Like, that seems great to me. I don't need to play eight more years. Like, so all this starts to come into your head. You have to start thinking about stuff like that. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know what he exactly wants, but I, I tell you this much it's changed. And as the clock continues to tick, I mean, it really starts to wear on you as a player because you, you're just, I mean, for the last, what, um, probably 10 to 12 years, Blake Snell has just gotten ready for February to go to spring training and play a season. Mm-hmm. And now it's not happening, and it starts to really affect you. So I think all options are on the table, and I think a, a shorter-term deal, I don't think he'd go like a one-year deal. No. Uh, I, or anything like that. I would say like four years might be, or even three, like three might be it. Four is probably preferable to him and a high AAV. I don't think he says no to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm still doing the numbers on the six for 150, right? And so that's 25 million a year. I know that you're like, well, hold on. He's a two time sighing award winner. But his career has been so interesting because he had those two Cy Young years in 2018 and 2023. Um, and then everything in between. He never pitched more than 130 innings because of various injuries and a lot of walks didn't give you length and a pandemic. So he never got even to that mark. So I just think he's one of the more interesting at times dominant pitchers that we have had in this game in the last two decades. Um, I don't think people can figure out how to pay him. I don't think it's a question of not wanting to. I think they really are having a hard time valuing a guy who's now 31 years old. First of all, we can knock out the one-year deal thing. There's no way, because have you seen the free agent class that could be out there next year? It's led by Corbin Burns. We think Wheeler's going to get an extension, but you never know. You got Shane Bieber. You got Walker Bueller, Max Freed, Max Scherzer. Uh, guys who could opt out include Giolito, Verlander, Eovaldi, and Robbie Ray. Now, some of those guys have question marks, whether they're injuries or inconsistencies or both. The point is, is that if Blake Snell signs a one-year deal, I'm going to go walk up to Seattle and slap him. Like that's not that should not happen. No, I mean, look, I, I don't think it's not going to happen. Uh, my question now is: so four years at thirty-five apiece is one hundred forty million dollars. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm the Yankees, I prefer that over six years, one fifty. I know you get two more years, but when you sign these long-term deals, you know the teams are after. They're after your the, the first few years, right. and then they kind of have to just pay because you're a free agent for the last couple of years. So, I think almost the Yankees would prefer that. And if you're Blake Snell, four years, 140, six years, 150, I think I'm taking the four years, 140 every time. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think my guess is it's very confusing to him, too. I think at the end of the day, I would say a four-year deal is what he's going to end up getting. By Three the years, way, 105, is that enough? Ooh, now that's a good one. Because that, to me, that's a short-term deal. I, I don't consider four years a short-term deal. To me... It's three or two would be a short-term deal for a guy who's had this sort of resume, right? 34 years old, $155 million in the bank, not in yeah. the bank, but in career earnings. Like, go live your life? That sounds great. 
I'm no Anthony Rendon, but that sounds nice to me. That's amazing, by the way. Yeah, that, that, that quote. Were you bothered by that quote? For people that didn't right. see, by the way, he said Rendon? that. Yeah, Rendon, I, I guess here I should read it. It's never Baseball's never been a top priority for me. This is my job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. There's nothing wrong with that quote, and I actually think people You're are right. like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I just made that joke. That's, I think they're giving Rendon way too hard of a time about this because if you go poll, people in the big leagues, a lot of them feel the exact same way, dude. This game wears on you, and the business side of it wears on you. And yes, you take this contract, you better be an upstanding citizen. You better do everything you can for the organization because you just got paid a lot of money. But like true feelings, like that's how a lot of people feel. Now he puts it out there which, you know, that's why he gets all these questions in the flack. Uh, but a lot of people feel like, dang, man, like, by the time I was done, Chris, I'd played 15 professional seasons. Like, it's a, it's just a lot. It's just, it, it wears on you. Oh, yeah. No, I knew exactly where he was going. He's going to get a lot of shit because he's Anthony Rendon and because of some yeah. of the stuff he said and he has done in the past because he is a lightning rod when he opens his mouth. People have to understand, like, when we talk about money, and people will always say, oh, my God, I mean, you're getting that to play baseball. Or, you know, why yeah. isn't that enough? Because it, this is their situation. This is their skill set. This is what they happen to be exceptional at. And, you know, we have to let them live their lives and, and be who they are. It's fine. It's fine for him to say and feel this way. And this is not shocking to anybody who has been around Anthony Rendon or has had friends that have been his teammates. You've, you've known this forever. This is not breaking news for us. Just thought I'd slide that in there for just a second. Now I want to tell you a little bit about our friends over at Supercuts. Guys, we're always looking for a nice, safe way to get your hair cut, right? It's like terrifying to go try and find somebody new. You're going to go sit in that chair and you're like, oh my God, what are they going to do? Do they have any idea what they're doing? I want to give you a little background. Would you believe that most cosmetology schools hardly spend any time on men's hair, right? We get it. Some ladies in your life like to spend several time, several hours uh, a crack getting their hair perfect. That's fine. And so the people who actually cut the hair, they are training for that. That's where they can maybe make their most dough and stuff like that. No, no, no. Supercuts has an ongoing training program to make sure that the stylists know how to deliver the perfect fade, the latest trends, and oh so much more. Because Supercuts is proof that reps matter. They deliver more than 23 million haircuts in 2023. The average review on a one to five star scale, 4.88. That's pretty damn good. That's like an A plus in my book. So head to supercuts.com today or walk right in for a real smart haircut. It is that simple. Real smart hair experience simply walk into supercuts or visit supercuts.com to find the salon nearest you today happy haircut hunting yeah all right we continue on as we um let's stay out east it's the reason i'm wearing a phillies cap today bryce harper said on sunday he would love to be a philly the rest of his career he wants to play into his 40s and then he dropped this nugget as well he said yeah, I think I'm staying at first. I don't see a return to right field or the outfield anytime in the near future, although I would never say never. Um, is this situation of Harper being at first base really the best for the team moving forward? 
I think it is uh, for a couple different reasons, Chris. Uh, number one, you, you're probably going to stay healthier at first base. The the running, you know, the the leg work is easier at first base. Now, is, is it still, you still got to get down. You got to be ready. There's a lot of responsibilities at first base, but just the sheer amount of steps you got to take is is less. Um, you're avoiding other players more often. You're avoiding the walls more often. And let's get real here. Like Bryce eventually is going to get older and slow down and do all these things where in this day and age, like we're trying to combat extra base hits. So you put Bryce and tell him to hug the line or do whatever he has to do at first base. And we could put a, like a, just a better defensive outfield out there. Eventually. I know Castellanos is kind of in right field right now and you know, whatever it is. But so I think, yeah, in the, in the long term, if Bryce wants to play until he's 45 years old, <laughs> he's not gonna be 45 running around the outfield, dude. Okay. This isn't the olden days when men were men. Like he's going to be at first base, and I think a little bit of DH and all that. So I, I do think long-term uh, it is for the best. I don't know how you could see it any other way. I think it makes the team pivot a little bit in terms of how they build their roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Reese Hoskins ever had a shot of returning, particularly after he tore his ACL at the end of spring training last year. But if Harper had been able to return to the outfield, maybe you put Hoskins at first. Uh, maybe somewhere down the road, a guy like Alec Bohm moves from third to first. It sounds like that's something that they had an eye on. I think that he ends up leaving via free agency once his his uh, arbitration years are done. Um, they're obviously going to have to rethink the making of that outfield. Schwarber is essentially a full-time DH. He's not going to see a ton of time in the outfield. Castellanos, we know he is what he is out there. Um, here's the deal. You need Bryce Harper in that lineup. And I don't care whether that's a first base, right field, DH, or something. He is the spirit animal of that lineup. He is the guy that drives him. Um, He loves being in Philadelphia. I love how he kind of intertwined the two things about, hey, I'm staying at first base, and I'd love to end my career. I want to die in a Phillies uniform, which we hope he's like 88. When he and they bury him in a Phillies uniform, I don't want to see him actually die in a Phillies. Yeah, let's go. We're, we're moving upwards in life. We're up to the 90s now, like I'm, 90s. I'm going 105. You want to be 105? 100, yes, yes. I'm really? going to be 105 years old, and then I'll decide like my next steps when I get there. Your next steps, yeah. Let's hope you're taking some next steps. You, you mean you're you're going to decide your next steps at 105? What would you sign up for? Seriously, 105? Are you being serious? 100%. I mean, as long as I had all my faculties, my brain, yes, 105. Will I don't want to be doing baseball today at 105? No, no. Oh, you're going to be done. I'm way too rich by then. No. Oh, no. okay. Yeah. All right. I think we could agree that um, it's a good move. It makes sense. I think they've got to revamp their entire outfield situation, though. Marsh has done a yeah. nice job out there, but the outfield, what they dreamed it would be a couple of years ago and what it is right now, I think are two totally different things. And I think they've gotten away with it the last couple of years that it hasn't cost them in a key situation. I, yeah. I wanted them to go get like Kiermaier. Then you can like run like a Kiermaier, uh, Rojas, Marsh, end of the game outfield mm-hmm. or something like that. Like I, I thought that would have been a good fit, but Whit Merrifield's there now. I mean, I thought that was a great signing for them. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too because you can plug him in anywhere. You're going to have injuries throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a capable guy who was in, actually an all-star, I believe, last year. So I think we kind of see this, this Harper deal as the same thing. Uh, speaking of changing positions, 
Let's move on to the San Diego Padres, who had a very boy, they've had an interesting camp so far, and we haven't really even started. Xander Bogarts is changing positions just one year into that $280 million deal. He is making the move from shortstop to second base. The Padres made it official. Hassan King, Kim, who was a gold glover last year, at, primarily as a second baseman. I guess you could officially call him a utility guy since he got time elsewhere around the diamond. He is now your everyday shortstop. So here is Xander Bogarts on that news. I mean, I signed here as a shortstop, you know, but to me, I just live and die baseball, you know, and I felt like we had this conversation early in the morning, and I was like, listen, man, if this is the way that you guys view the team is better, I respect him, especially defensively. I, I actually admire him a lot, so it, maybe it can hurt, but I mean, I'm, I'm just doing it in the best interest of the team, and in the end, I feel like I'm at peace with, with moving off. Okay, before we get to the question I want to ask, that is how you handle something. Oh, my gosh. Bro. Right? That is A-plus-plus material. First of all, he was talking about the team, which you always love to hear, all that sort of stuff. But you could see it in his face that he was hurt, and he actually said, yeah, it, it could bother you a little bit. I mean, he's done this ever since he was a kid. He was the shortstop, except for the first couple of years when he got brought up to Boston and ended up winning a ring in 2013. But then he moves back, and he made his career and his legacy of who he is as a big league shortstop. And so for us to say, oh, it's not that big a deal. Come on. It is a big deal. And I just love the way he handled that situation. I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean – uh, honest, um, just like really, he just showed the kind of person he is with an answer like that. Because you tell that wasn't like contrived and that wasn't like he didn't plan that. Like he was, he was, that was off the top of his head. Like he yeah, was, was coming in, in there. Time. It was in real time and he gave an honest answer. And I'll tell you what, man, I say this all the time you're a shortstop until you're not anymore. And uh, he made it a long time. And it does hurt when you get moved off because you feel like, dude, like, I'm not good enough anymore. I think he is still good enough, but I think he also realizes that we got a guy that's better than me. And mm -hmm. sometimes, man, you just got to, like he said, for the good of the team, I'm going to move to second base. And look, he got paid. And I think we, we cut the clip off, but another awesome thing he said after that was, hey, I want to ring at third base. I want to ring at shortstop. Now it's time to go get one at second base. I love that. Um, the question I was going to ask is, did the Padres kind of screw him a little bit in how this was handled? Because he said he wished he would have known in the off season that yeah. that was going to happen. So I could start to take grounders at second base in my prep work and all that sort of stuff. So did the Padres kind of leave him flapping in the wind a little bit here? In that instance? Yes. But this actually got brought up on talking baseball earlier today. And, and Jimmy's like, well, they paid him as a shortstop. So I'm like, that's true. Like if he was coming, I think that the value would have been different in his contract if he if they said, oh, he can't play shortstop, oh, yeah. he's going to play second base for us. So he got paid as a shortstop, and, and so did Tatis. So it's like, you know, they're making these decisions after he already like, kind of you know got his payday. Uh, in what you're saying, like should they have given him an offseason to prepare at second base? It does help you mentally to get ready for that, but really it's hard to – you don't take a ton of ground balls – and like real time stuff that's really going to mean anything in the off season. So as long as he does, as he has a full spring training to do it, that's enough time, okay. in my opinion. All right, good. No, that's good insight for us. 
Um, because there's a lot of us that are thinking, well, you're taking, you're doing your prep work. You're obviously staying in great shape, but you're also doing some prep work. And thought if you'd want to work at it at second base, which is a, a position he hasn't played as a professional, that it would make sense to go do that. Um, he probably would have, Chris. But if he, if he would have known that he was playing second base, he would have been out there working on footwork around the base in the offseason. Uh, I had to do something similar when they moved into the outfield. I, I took as many fly balls as I could. But again, like in the offseason, you just don't do so much baseball-specific right. stuff. So, you know, again, show up to spring training, boom. Maybe he would have showed up a few days earlier, started his work. But I think he, he'll have plenty of time. Yeah, I think that um... – if you listen to Mike Schilt's comments, he goes, he, he said that Xander made a great point about us not talking about it until late. Um, he goes, but there were reasons for that. I think it's because they've been trying to trade Kim. I think they dangled that out there. So there was a possibility that Bogarts was not going to move off of shortstop. And oh, by the way, he might end up moving back there, right? Kim, um, Kim there's a mutual option, I think, after this year. And he was a five-war player. He's yeah. going to, if he has something similar to that, he's going to opt out of that. And as much as the Padres might want to keep him, they just dip their payroll from by $90 million from last year to this year. So who knows what their financial future looks like. Um, I don't think this is the last time we see him as a regular shortstop with the Padres. I think there's a possibility that he ends up back there at some point. Just something to like put that. in your brain. Just something to put in your brain. All right. Um... Last thing we got, the Dodgers. They had a chicken wing eating contest. Talk about team bonding during spring training. Mm. And my guy, my guy, Miguel Rojas, was right in the middle of this entire thing. This is the wing eating competition. How many do you think you could eat, Shai? The winner was 70, so I don't know if I can answer. Maybe like 60 if I really force it down. No, maybe. And 55. I got a good 28 in me before I got to run to the bathroom. I think in my best day, I would put down 25 wings with a mild buffalo. And I would have a side of ranch and blue cheese. I would say I could knock down 30 in an hour. All right, fun little team bonding experience. You heard from not only Miguel Rojas, but Shohei, uh, Yamamoto, Glass now was in there. Gavin Lux was in there, Dave Roberts. Um, so fun for them. I don't get the whole chicken wing eating thing. There's like... I've never wanted to see how many I could put down. Like when I go somewhere, if I order a dozen chicken wings, that's what I'm eating. I, it's usually one or two too many. Um, I do try and crush it all the way to the bone. The people who leave the extra meat on the bone really bothers me. Okay. Um, so if I'm if I'm going in, it's not like I'm taking a bite and then moving on to the next. And you still there's a third of good, you know, 33% still meat on that thing. I'm not leaving it. I'm not leaving any soldier behind. I'm kind of out on that whole thing. Like, don't tell me how to eat my food type of thing. Really? Like, if I don't want to eat that little, like, gross piece of chicken that's still left on there, I don't got to eat it. It's a little chicken wing, bro. Well, what, right? what makes it gross? It's part – it's all kind of disgusting. Like a little, because... like, little dark uh, – not dark meat, but, like, you know, the little tendon. You know, come on. Don't tell me how to eat it. I'll tell you this much. You worried you're eating ACLs of chickens? I love chicken wings. I freaking love them. I would do very well in that competition. Um, if they made me go all the way to the bone, I would do it. I'm not afraid of that. 
as long as it's not like a super hot one. Like we saw Justin Turner take two bites. I know of Gotta a hot wing. I've done that before. I am out on like the super hot wing challenge. Out on that. Like that show. What's the show? Um, the YouTube yeah. show. Yeah, the one where Sydney Sweeney just left everybody in. Why would you go to her? Because she's smoking hot. That's why. Um, well, I'm out on that. <laughs> I'm out on that. But give me like wings to eat. How many did he a hero end up eating? Did they say? I don't know what the number was. I'd like to be in that competition. Okay. I love it. Should we do one at John Boy Media? Oh, there's some big boys there. Yeah. There's some people that have, I gotta sure. have them well done also, Chris. I don't get, don't give me soggy wings. I mean, yeah. Well done wings. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I need a little bit of crispiness. Yeah, I'm on board with it. Okay, good. Uh, a couple other quick notes. Um, injured pitcher signing multi-year deals. Brandon Woodruff back with the Brewers for another two Love years. That. That's Love cool. That. Was that always like going to happen? I, I don't know. If not, they certainly kept it quiet. That was pretty good. Um, and Liam Hendricks has found a new home. He is changing his socks from white to red as he continues to follow Lucas Giolito. So um, that's awesome to hear. And I think there's an option for a third year. Last thing. Who was the shortstop on the 2013 Red Sox team? I actually got uh, it wrong. Red Sox shortstop. Oh, my God. Who was it? My brain's I, I thought Jose Iglesias, and he did play a little bit, but it was yes. Stephen Drew. Stephen Drew? Oh, I never would have gotten Stephen Drew. Yeah. Never would have gotten Stephen Drew. Yeah, I'm a little tired, a little gassed after a weekend trip. That's okay. But that one I never would have gotten. All right, we're back at it again later in the week. We'll either go Wednesday or Thursday. We really appreciate everybody joining us in the live chat, too. You guys are really building up those numbers. That is a huge help for us. And once again, we're trying to work it out so that uh, we can get some interaction. So the important thing was that we get on the air and we have a nice, clean show. And producer Dan has done an amazing job of that so far. But don't worry. We're going to interact with you guys shortly. I promise. I promise. I promise. We're gearing toward it. Uh, so check our social media as to the next time we're doing this, whether it's Wednesday or Thursday or maybe even Friday. But we'll keep you posted because that's what we do. We love it. It is the fastest half hour in the history of the sport of baseball. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented chicken-win-eating Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We'll see you later this week on Baseball.